because I've failed so many times now with things over the years, it's just, it doesn't bother me like it used to. I always ensure that um, I figure out what went wrong and why I didn't complete it. So, so I always make a list of what, you know, what can I do better next time? Um, and just have a few days where I kind of look after myself. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the, the great pleasure of Claire Smith on the show. Uh, good morning to you, Claire. Morning. Hi, how are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. You're you're an endurance athlete. Um, and by endurance, uh, you've done uh, what you call Ironman triathlons. But not just one Ironman, uh, you've done what you call double, triple, quin. Decker, and in fact, in 2019, you did a double Decker triathlon, which is basically 20 Ironman triathlon distances in one go, which sounds insane, um, and it really is. And that's a 48 mile swim, uh, just over 2,000 miles on a bike, and then 20 marathons just to finish it off at the end. Um, that's endurance, and but you're not only an endurance athlete; uh, you put that passion to to a business. You have an events business where you. Uh, called the Brutal Extreme Triathlons. We organise such events uh, all over uh, this country, on the South Coast, in Wales, uh, where you do double Ironmans as such. Uh, and also an author. You've, you've written your first book, Coming Brutal, which is effectively an autobiography of your life <clears throat> as an endurance athlete. Uh, and today we're going to be exploring and understanding a little bit the why behind all that, but also some lessons in, in resilience of how to keep going from your own uh, sort of endurance feats, but also within your own business as well, because uh, obviously you've been impacted in the last couple of years with COVID as well. Uh, but before we get into that, Claire, I'd love to understand, well, what do you love about uh, what you do? Um, there's a mad part of me, I think, that just sees challenges that I don't think I can do, um, and I'm just drawn to them. I really enjoy the process of, like, you know, it's, seeing them, researching them, understanding more about them, seeing how I, it's possible potentially for me to do it, breaking it down. Um, and then, you know, just think, just setting myself up really to start training for it. Um, I just enjoy all of that. And whether I complete it or I don't, it's just that process of seeing something new, thinking, can I do it? And, you know, getting on with it, I guess. Mm. So going back to, I guess, almost the beginning of all this, and obviously you didn't set out initially to go and do sort of 20 Ironmans in a row, all those <laughs> things you've done along the way. Um, and you've sort of built up as like anything. We, we get more confident, we get more experience at something, and we, we, we want something more challenging. But, but, but what is the, the why behind all this going doing such extreme events because these are extreme we're not just talking yeah. you know doing a marathon doing a marathon is, is a big big deal it's a huge deal mm. and you know we've just had recently the london marathon and it's a huge deal to do a marathon yeah, you know? yeah absolutely but to do that and all the stuff you do it's pretty extreme so i'd like to understand what's the why what's the purpose what what got you into all that um i think i always knew 
well, from quite an early age, I was an extreme person. Um, early on, I was quite aware that I got an addictive personality. Um, and obviously, I mean, I used to have issues with addiction, um, substance abuse and things like that. So it was kind of starting afresh, really, I think, with the endurance stuff and sort of mm. like, you know, using that, I suppose, as swapping addictions, if you like. Um, and no, I knew that I had to do that because, <laughs> you know, the way that my life was going at the time wasn't particularly healthy. And so I wanted to, you know, do something. Um, and I guess the endurance stuff fitted in nicely with that um, and helped me move forward in a, in a healthier, say healthier. <laughs> it is healthy, but sometimes like ultra endurance stuff isn't necessarily the most healthiest thing, but because <laughs> you can get pretty broken along the way. But yeah, I guess it was that really. It was understanding my personality as an addictive person um, mm. and flying to something other, basically. And did you at the time realise that doing something like uh, these ultra events, endurance events, would satisfy that addictive behaviour in you? And that's why you sort of chose that. Uh, and, and, and did that help you get out of the, sort of the addictions you were... It took me a long time, actually. I mean, I first started running when my daughter was born. She's 25 now, so ages ago. But And I was training for a marathon then. I think I didn't complete the marathon. I think I did a half, first of all, um, the New Forest half, which is really hard, actually. And um, and I realized then the feeling that I got from the, the running, the training, and taking part, the achievement of it all was something that I knew at that point at 20 or so that I... I needed that in my life, that that was a good positive experience mm. rather than what I was doing, you know, to, to cope with stress otherwise. So you think I was aware of it. It took me a long time to phase out, you know, one addiction, <laughs> if you like. And I did try and like run along, like both of them alongside each other for a while, which was quite challenging. So yeah, it wasn't until um nine years ago that I stopped drinking completely um and just focused on becoming uh, a much healthier person um and that's when that's when the really crazy stuff started taking over um with the, the multiple Ironman and, <laughs> and things like that so yeah and and when you set out and see a challenge and you know just before we were talking about this we we're talking one challenge you know the arched arc you almost said i wish i'd never seen it because then you saw this <laughs> challenge and they came oh, what is it about a challenge that makes you think i want to go and do you know 20 ironmans in a row i mean nobody wakes up and thinks hey i want to do this and, and it relates to business you know some people might wake up and go you know i want to grow a business to 50 million mm. from a, a million it's the same it's, it's an extreme thing like that and and it'd be understanding how how you get to that place where you suddenly wake up with I want to do that yeah I think it's something for me it's like it's got to be something I don't think I can do it's got to be something that gives me that feeling that scares me basically if it doesn't mm. give me that feeling I'm not interested in doing it so it you know I guess the arch to arc definitely has that a hundred percent the double decker I I mean I just didn't know. Yeah, again, I didn't know if I could do it. And it would be a case of, you know, just having to get my head down, be super disciplined and just crack on and see if I could get to the end. And there's so many obstacles along the way that you're just so out of your control. that You just, especially with something as long as that, the 
particular triathlon. Mm. Um, there's certainly no guarantees, even if you're the best athlete in the world, that you're going to get through something like that. And again, it's the same with business. It's just there's so many things and you don't set out. I think for me, it was like I didn't set out to, to start an events company. I always wanted to be in business. That was always something very strong in me from an early age. I had my own graphic design business when I was 19. So business has always been super important to me. But mm. the events company, that was purely accidental. And I guess I never sat down and just thought, oh, yeah, I want to start up an extreme triathlon in, in North Wales. That never yeah. That never entered my head. It was very, it just happened because of the journey I was on at the time. Yeah. So you said you it's it's an, a challenge that, that scares you. It's a, mm-hmm. a challenge that doesn't feel possible. That That's what, what excites you is that sense yeah. of. I'm breaking not, it down not, yeah. and just seeing, okay, so I feel like it's impossible at this point. So what, what can I do? How can I break it down? So then it becomes possible. I find that very satisfying thing to do and I do that in every aspect of my life these days even if it's just something simple that I'm doing during the day that is is hard you just think just apply the same rule right, break it down you know and, and talk us through that process because I think that could be really helpful for other people out there perhaps not doing extreme uh, mm-hmm. events but doing something in the, the the business that feels a bit uncomfortable feels a bit mm-hmm. challenging uh, what's the process you go through? And you could give an example of such when you went for the, the 20 Ironmans, a double-decker. I mean, I do visualisation quite a lot. So if something is particularly challenging, I just sit down quietly um, with a bit of paper, basically, and just and visualise how I see the whole process going, regardless of whether it's a triathlon um, I'm taking part of or, or organising or anything that's difficult. I just visualise how I think it's going to go. And then anything that I think might be a problem that crops up, during that visualization, I then um, just write it down basically and just think, okay, so if that happens, you know, so if I get a mechanical, you know, and I'm in Mexico, you know, there's only so much stuff you can take over there. How am I going to deal with that? So, you know, and then I just write down, you know, do I need to do a quick course on, you know, <laughs> changing, you know, certain things like with the chain or anything like that? Do I need to? So I'm covered with everything. So I can basically control everything that I can control. There's going to be things that you just, can't control like the weather we had a lot of crazy weather in Mexico and it was just a case mm. of getting through that and that just comes down to being you know mentally strong but all the things that crop up when I'm sort of thinking about it right can I control that no okay but if I can control that what do I need to do to ensure that I'm the best prepared and it's the same with events when I'm organizing them can we control weather on snow but what can we put in place to ensure that the event can carry on when the weather gets bad because it always does <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so when so in that visualization do you is this like a uh, you know a 10 20 minute thing or is this a process that you do over a few days and you think through every aspect of that particular event or that particular uh um aspect of your life of, of a challenge it's and, like a 10 minute thing that i do i just sit down and just Break it yeah. down, yeah. We go through it because we know a lot of this or the high athlete, high elite athletes use visualizations a lot, and, and I've talked about it a lot. Where more and more people in business are starting to use it, and it's interesting how you mentioned in in essence that sort of visualization where you're looking for what what could go wrong. Visualization as well, almost the the sort of pitfalls, not just the oh, it's all about the goal, and and that's helpful sometimes. Yeah. But actually, what's more helpful is understanding at different points along that race or event, 
what could be what could be a problem and then, then think about how do i mitigate that what, what the plans the almost the the sort of the fallback plans basically isn't it yeah, yeah i mean i can't people were saying to me with the the um arch to arch stuff i needed to visualize myself getting across the channel and getting to paris and i couldn't do it and that might be because uh, you know i'm just not ready yet but i just couldn't visualize that aspect of it but it was the other bits that I was, yeah, visualising. So when I start having problems with my feet during the run, how am I going to cope with that? And, and you know, in the swim, when I start feeling sick, how am I going to cope with that sort of stuff? So, yeah, I, that's how I do it. I don't I don't visualise the whole getting across the finish line stuff. I know. I, should, no. I probably should, but that's I struggle with that. Well, what you're doing is, <clears throat> what they call is it visual process visualization. So you're basically visualizing the process piece, and and yeah. and often in life, it's it's we get sometimes too caught up on the outcome, but actually it's yeah. the process that bit's going to get you there. The day by day, the habits, the the step yeah. in front of each other is going to get you across the line. And I think that's really helpful uh, to do in life is that visualization and to sort of break things down and really try to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, what is happening and what could happen uh, and then sort of mitigate it. I like, I like that. So if I was to ask you out of all the events that you've done to date, uh, what would you rate as your toughest um, event? Um, I mean, the, the double decker certainly was tough, but I think, <clears throat> I think maybe, um, I mean, I, I recently did the tour, which we were discussing earlier um, I say recently it was last last year, year before, where I had to do 164 miles um, over the coast path, and that's the south coast path, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's a huge amount of climb, and I was doing it self-supported, um, and and I had all my stuff on my back, and it was so it basically took me. I'm terrible with remembering how long things took me. I think it took me about five days because I couldn't run. So I decided to, because I couldn't run, I decided to kind of punish myself and make it harder by carrying all the stuff on my back um, and sleeping rough on the coast path and things like that. Um, and, and I have problems with um, like nerve issues with my back, which sort of translates into pain in my feet. And it was, I was in real pain, like proper pain, um, the sort of pain that just, I just couldn't, you know, it was very difficult to deal with and no painkillers kind of um, help because it's nerve pain and stuff. But I think that was probably one of the hardest because there were so many times when I just didn't know, there was no joy in what I was doing at that point. It was just all about pain management and things like that. So that for me was particularly difficult. And the same with the joggle when I did that. And that was self-supported when I ran from um, Scotland to Cornwall. And I had all my stuff in a, a pushchair, which made me look particularly crazy, I have to say. <laughs> people that are baby. <laughs> but again, that was very, very difficult because it was just relentless pain in, mm. in my feet. Um, and every day would start off okay and it would just get steadily worse by the end of the day. And, um, and I'd have to just stay strong the whole time. And, you know, and there was nobody around me to sort of give me pep talks or anything like that. It was very much as in when you're in business, there are so many times when you're just like completely on your own and there's nobody there, like, you know, (laughs) to give you a hug or say it's going to be okay. You just have to see that, you know, not everything stays the same and you just have to just get on, do the next 10 miles or do the next whatever. um, And the situation will hopefully look better in that time. So, yeah, I think it is. The, the last two events where I've been mainly on my feet and I've had a lot of problems with pain, mm. they've definitely been 
particularly challenging for me. And I'm sure with the with the tour, those five days probably felt like a, a long five days. And and trying to handle that pain management as much as obviously the drugs wasn't working. Mm. How did you deal with that? And how do you say, oh, just next 10 miles? Because it you're not being forced to do this, you're doing it out of choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how did you sort of do those next 10 miles? And and what was it in your mindset? What what were those what, what did you um, I can't remember the guy's name talks about the cookie jar. What yeah. was your cookie jar of, of <laughs> experience that you pulled out and went, that got me going? What, what, what were those things, tips or ideas that you got through? I mean, for the tour and the juggle, it was just a case of, I mean, the juggle, I used to kind of aim for about 40 miles a day. So it would be like the first 10 miles were, were great because my feet didn't hurt. And then it would just steadily kind of, you know, deteriorate throughout the day. And it was just, again, breaking it down. And, and ticking things off I don't think I necessarily thought about things that I'd achieved in the past so much um I mean a lot of the times I'm thinking about the people that I'm raising money for and things like that that really does help the tour um was for a lovely guy called Alex who'd done my Wanna event um and he, he had motor neuron disease at the time he's since passed um and I remember there was a point on on Portland when I was on the way back and it did actually look like I was going to complete it this time because that was my third attempt of doing it within about six weeks I just kept trying so determined to try and get within it six weeks you try yeah. three, three attempts yeah and I was selling my house as well at the time <laughs> just just the stupidest <laughs> the whole moving thing was quite easy because I just wasn't very focused on it because I was just trying to get this tour done and I remember Alex saying it was his birthday and he was um he was trying to he was in quite a you know poor, poorly state at that point and he was trying to read my book and trying to get it finished which I was mm. just really flattered by and um and I remember him saying that that was his task of the day he was trying to you know finish um and obviously reading was quite difficult for him at that point and um I remember thinking it just put it put it in perspective which I do quite a lot as well when I'm really struggling with something I quite often look at somebody who's doing something which is much harder which puts my efforts into perspective mm. and helps me cope with things as well so I think mm. at that point when Alex said what he was doing it really it didn't take the pain away from me but it took you know it put a huge perspective on what he was going mm. through and what I was going through so that is definitely a coping mechanism that I use it's like almost reframing something isn't it almost it's to not sort of... away of what I was doing what I was doing was quite hard no. but, you know what Alex was doing and getting going through was really far more far more important but we know that you know it's it's a mental game. All this, it's not about mm. the physical thing. I know you were getting physical pain. I'm not saying you were getting, that was not horrible, but it's the mental piece and it's the power of the mind. And by reframing, saying that actually what you were doing was, in a sense, lesser to what your mm. friend was going through, yeah. actually made it easier for you to sort of cope with that mentally. And I think that's that's, that's, a, that's a great lesson for us sometimes to not compare ourselves. It's not about comparing, but it's just to reframe. Yeah. Uh, I know often my wife will be doing a half Ironman and she'll just say well at least I'm not doing a, an Ironman today and, yeah. and it just lessens the sort of it, it makes yeah. it more insignificant in a sense in, in a healthy way so you then yeah. just deal with it better yeah um and so you you had three attempts at the tour yeah. um in in a matter of six weeks which yeah. sounds quite relentless what, what was what kept you going to try and keep going and to sort of achieve that I mean that, that's that's pretty a lot of resilience, a lot of determination, and to get back up again. 
what did you learn each time? Because obviously for me, resilience is, is the getting back up again, but it's also mm. it's also the learning piece, isn't it? Yeah, each time absolutely. we do something, we need to learn. So each time you what did you learn from those two attempts before where you 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 you'd failed? Well, foot management, we're talking blisters here, not the pain I have, but the foot management, the first time I did it, I I didn't realise how dry the coast path was. So I was wearing off-road trainers and because I was trying to pack like quite light because the pack I had was, well, was like 25 pounds, I didn't take any spare trainers. So it was like at that point, the, the off-road shoes that I had were really quite harsh um, and the blisters that I had at 50 miles, I knew realistically I couldn't continue on at that point. So then that's the first lesson. Um, the second, oh, I think that was da- just down to pain again with that one. And I think, yeah, it was. And I think because I was trying to do it in such a, a much quicker time, um, the second time, I, I mean, I kind of said to everyone, that's it, I'm not doing it again. I can't do it, I think, because the pain was too much and I couldn't break it down. And then I thought back to the joggle and I thought, well, if I completed the joggle, which was 800 and whatever miles, why can't I do this? Um, and I, I knew the pack wasn't helping, but that was just, I had to get on with that. So I think then with the tour, I decided that no matter how long it took me, I was just going to do it. So I thought, you know, when the pain gets too much, like I did with the joggle, I just used to stop, put my tent up and, and get off my feet. So then I applied that to the tour and just thought, well, look, however long it takes. And I think also because I was moving to Portland and I, there was, I had this vision of like, if I didn't do it every day, I'd get up and look out at those bloody cliffs and be like they beat me <laughs> so there was a huge part of obviously because I was moving and I just thought now before I move I've got to get this done and obviously Alex was a massive part of that as well but yeah I think I just applied that whole no matter how long it took at that point which was hard because as someone who runs brutal events I feel sometimes people and it's probably wrong expect me to be better or faster and I just couldn't be faster so it was just like, right, just get it done, no matter how long it took, which is why it took like five days. <laughs> well, that's an important lesson, isn't it? It's not about sometimes the, the speed and the time mm. of achieving something, as long as you get it done. Yeah, um, it's like adapting, isn't it? Basically, it's looking at it and going, okay, so it's not going to get done. I'm not going to be able to do it in 60 hours. I'm just mm. not that kind of athlete. And so, yeah, it's going to take me five days. And that's what happened. <laughs> And often, you know, sometimes we take on a challenge or, or a goal in our lives that we don't know that the full picture of what that means mm. until we're, we're in it. And then we realise, A, it's either tougher or we weren't quite prepared. But also mm. we get challenges on the way, whether that's physical things or weather mm. or uh, external factors that you can't control. And it's that importance of modifying and adapting, not getting caught up on the time frame, but getting caught up on how can I modify and adapt here to achieve my outcome whether yeah, it takes absolutely. me two days to five days yeah. ultimately you know you pursue through you know three times it took you to get there but you got there and yeah. and that's quite yeah. <laughs> it's a massive achievement it's huge um in those and it could be in all the event in that event particularly what 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 did you learn about yourself because i'm sure in those moments of being on your own uh, a lot of the time um what was your sort of head chatter like and what did you think and learn as you were going through all this about yourself um I think over the years I've become more positive I think I used to be it's quite easy to get into that negative spiral when you're feeling low I've learned Mm. that when I start getting negative internally I need to eat most of the time I'm not very good eating so 
I quickly pick up on that. If I start getting negative and I start thinking, oh, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. Quite often it's because my blood sugar's dropped. It's very simple. Um, and I eat and I have a little bit of a rest. And then I, you know, start again. So, yeah, I just try and remain as positive as you can. Sometimes it's not that easy. And and sometimes just having a good cry or a good shout and swear, it's okay to do that. And, I, you know, I've learned that's fine. Um, yeah, it's just try and stay as positive as possible, I think, mm. is my thing over the years. Because having struggled with addiction, with alcohol, you, you can be, a, well, you are a, a negative person when you're in that situation. And it's, it's part of the whole thing. It's you very much a, um, you know, poor me situation. And mm. I think I fight these days to always remain as positive as I can, no matter what I'm doing. You know, even if it's something like, yeah, doing something for the business when there's a particular challenge like COVID um, or, you know, I'm buying a house or anything like that. I'm always like, right, so this has happened. This isn't great, but how can I spin it? How can I turn it positive? How can I get through it? And I try mm. not to, with the business, I used to see when we used to have problems, it used to be like, oh my God, what's happening now? This is awful. And why is this always happening to me? And this now I'm like, oh, okay, so this has happened. Uh, and it's not that bad, it, you know, and blowing it out of proportion, break it down, you know, up into worse and see it as a challenge rather than an obstacle. So that's how you deal with that in the moment stuff when it's coming at you quite negative. Yeah, and, and... Like, I really enjoy troubleshooting. So if things happen, it's like, OK, so like literally when I was doing the joggle, the wheel of the I had a baby jogger. So it's like a proper running push chair. Um, and it's got three wheels. So I used to have them when I did have babies. So I knew about them. They're pretty good. So I had all my stuff in it. And it was pretty heavy, actually, because people were sort of like helping me out along the way and giving me like biscuits and cake. And it was just getting laid around. <laughs> and then one day, sort of just through Hereford, I watched the wheel kind of, it was like a slow motion thing. The wheel just broke off and just went on its way. <laughs> and then it was like literally the wheels have come off. And so in, straight away, I was just like, right. My brain went into troubleshooting mode. It's like, what can I do? I need to find somebody to help. I need to find somebody who can help fix it. If it can't be fixed, I need a Bergen. So, you know, the challenge is going to change at that point. It's not going to be with me with pushchair. I'm going to have to ditch that. I'm going to have to put my stuff, half it probably, and put it into a Bergen so I can complete the challenge. So straight away, that stuff was, that was just me doing that straight away. I didn't even have to sit, sit down and have a cry or anything. I was like, right, how are we going to push on with that? So I, I really enjoy that side of business, endurance stuff, is the mm. trouble. And how can we get out of this? I, I really like that side of things. It's interesting, isn't it? Because resilience is, is a lot about problem solving, isn't it? It's about being yes. creative, about thinking of different ideas and often doing things you've never done before to get navigate a situation. And I know mm. we've all been through the COVID last couple of years where people are doing things differently because, you know, they still want to achieve yeah. what they want to achieve, but things got in the way. And I think that's... An important lesson to actually problem solving is quite key with resilience, mm -hmm. isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. Brilliant. Um, and so you've obviously, I don't like the word failure, because I think sometimes it's often just feedback and on the way, but when you have done failures, like mm -hmm. you know, two, two attempt, three attempts at the, the, the tour, yeah. I'm sure there's other stuff. Yeah. How did you, how have you dealt when you got to the end of, say, one of the tours, and you you didn't complete it. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that that sort of failure at that point? Uh, what, what do you what what do you do? Uh, do you go off 
for the day or do you just crack on with other things? What, 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 how do you process things? I used to deal with failure quite badly and it used to be a thing and I, it would trigger me and I'd get quite depressed and fed up and, and you know, do the whole like thing where you just beat yourself up and things like that. And because I've failed so many times now with things over the years, it's just, it doesn't bother me like it used to. I always ensure that um, I figure out what went wrong and why I didn't complete it. So, so I always make a list of what, you know, what can I do better next time um, and just have a few days where I kind of look after myself a bit and, and accept also that you're going to go through a couple of days of feeling a bit low and not beat yourself up with that either. It's okay to be a bit sad. So when I like postponed the Arched Art this year, um, I was a bit bit low for a couple of days, but I knew I was going to like, I think I was a bit concerned about what people thought because I've been trying to do this event for so long. I was a bit like, oh, are people going to think that I'm just making excuses and things like that? And so there's definitely a process of, you know, of, of feeling a bit low. And then um, I thought, actually, I've done all this training. What can I do? And so I went to Windermere and swam Windermere. I was quite lucky that there was a, an available slot. And so I, was, I did something positive, which didn't have to be quite as big as swimming Windermere, but I did something positive which kind of just reinforced that I was still on this journey mm. um, and okay it didn't happen this year because of xyz and I know exactly why it it didn't happen so that's fine so I put that to bed did something positive I had myself a few weeks where I just sort of chilled out a little bit and now I'm back on training for it again and so just you know continuing on with everything but it's important to go through those steps I think you know mm not get caught up in the self-pity spiral <laughs> where you're like for me sort of stuff but yeah that was important and and how do you not give up I mean you, you've you have this ability to obviously bounce back from failure learn from failure you know you you do in in the moment problem solving to navigate challenges as you're doing events but how do you decide when do you decide that i'm not going to continue with this do you ever decide that do you ever think actually the arch to arc i'm not going to do it it's just not for me or whatever does that ever enter your heads yeah, it has done there has been times with especially with the arch to arc um because it's so challenging it's a very difficult event even if you like sea swimming if you don't particularly like sea swimming and you're not very good at it and you have a lot of issues with cold water and panic attacks and stuff, it makes a hard thing much harder. But I think, again, I'm just drawn to things like that. I don't, I'm so determined, I think, stubborn, I think is probably a good word, is that, <laughs> you know, I don't, a lot of people I think would have given up by now and just been like, do you know what, it's just not for me. And there's definitely been times when I've just said that, you know, and people have said to me, guy who runs it has said to me you don't have to do this you don't have to prove yourself to anyone you've done all right and I'm like I know but I can do it I just need to train a bit harder on this aspect this is still weak I need to do more of that and this year I found myself swimming in waters that I never thought I'd swim in seas mm. that I would have just driven down and gone nope and driven got back in my van and, and driven off and I've not just got in there I've been swimming, proper swimming in, in really mm. choppy waters. So you can progress to do that. If you'd have said that it, even a year ago, I'd have been like, mm, no. Because you won't swim like that in the channel. They wouldn't fit you. But you have to know what it feels like. So I can see how far I've progressed, even if sometimes it still feels mm. like 
years away, you know, or even if I may, I may never actually do it. It's such a difficult event, but I'm not going to stop trying for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. So in terms of what is next for you, is that your next sort of big event you're doing? Is there any other things you've got in the pipeline? Um, for me, definitely the Arch to Arc is the biggest thing, without a doubt. Um, and do you see it as a bigger than sort of double decker? Yeah, and I people say that to me. Like I've got a friend who's a really good triathlete, and he's like, I don't understand the double decker is so much harder than the arch to arc. And I'm like, it absolutely isn't. And it's very, it just depends on what your strengths are. I mean, there's two different ways you can do a decker or a double decker. You can do the one a day, which is an Ironman every single day. Um, or you can do the, the, the way I did, which is all of the, the swim in one go, all of the bikes, the continuous format. I find the continuous format easier because I can manage it a lot better. With the one a day, you have a deadline every single day. And if you don't hit that, if you don't finish that Ironman, you are out. And I have failed that event. I mean, I think I've done, I've tried to do it like seven times. But that has to get done too. <laughs> so that's going to be done at some point. I won't give up with that. But with that one, it just boils down to speed. I've mm. just got to get faster. And that's got, so that comes down to my training and consistency with my training, which is a weakness mm. with me. I'm not very consistent. And that's something I've had to really work on and that I'm continuing to work on this year and next year is that, every, you know, I've got to keep training properly rough, rather than having like two weeks where you train crazy and then nothing for another two weeks. I'm really good at that. So, mm. Yeah, training consistency is a big thing for me. And I think if I had that, there's a few things that I could tick off that I failed at that I want to get done still. So there's still a, still a few biggies out there that you want to overcome, which is great. And I love your your attitude of, you know, seeing it as almost impossible, actually. Well, let's see if I can make it possible. Yeah. And um, I, like, I like that attitude and that sort of way to try and, figure it out everything's figure outable isn't it yeah, and uh, yeah. in, in some shape it doesn't always matter the timing bit is the bit that's it doesn't matter when the timing happens yeah. um and in terms of um what what i guess there's still probably into one lesson or one learning of all what you go through you've been through what, what would be your advice to somebody who is perhaps facing a a challenge and perhaps having multiple tents what, what would be your your pep talk to them i suppose and i'm sure you've done this to, to many people you meet anyway but what would be your how you'd encourage them to, to keep going um what to set something up or, or when they were in the moment of actually when they're in the moments yeah and doing it yeah. in the moment i mean again it's just it's staying positive you know always uh you know i mean keeping a sense of humor is massively important when I pick crew, um, for when I'm doing hard things, the, that crew, obviously for the experience of endurance stuff is useful, but I need them to be able to have a sense of humour. That's so important throughout everything that I do, all my crew, all my, all my brutal events. They've all got to be able to obviously be serious when we need to be, but a lot of it mm. is keeping things light, keeping things positive, having a laugh when things get hard because they will get hard there will be tears and so being able to you know laugh at the situation is very important and keep it in perspective as well you know but breaking things down that's my biggest thing in life in everything that I do is just when things seem a little bit challenging or really really challenging break it down break you know if you're trying to swim the channel it's literally 
they always say swim feed to feed and it can be even we were talking about my attempt is breaking it down even more so so we, we were going to have a whiteboard message system so people could give me some messages of encouragement so we were going to do like a whiteboard message on, on like you know every quarter of an hour every half an hour and then feeding every half an hour so basically every quarter of an hour I'd have something to kind of keep me going which is the ultimate in breaking something down to try and keep me positive and keep me strong throughout it so yeah I think that would be the, the one thing that my most important thing is just breaking it down mm. it's the it's breaking down the, the elephant isn't it so to speak yeah, say, into small, small yeah. pieces yeah yeah there's a quote that you in one of your in your book and it's uh, by Winston Churchill and I'd like you to expand upon why you've 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 put this in if you're going through hell keep going yourself <laughs> <laughs> in positions of hell I guess or situations where it's like it's pretty tough yeah um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love that saying because it is just throughout my life. It doesn't mean, you know, when I'm doing something stupid like 20 marathons, or whatever, it's, you know, more so in times when I've gone through real hardship in my personal life. Mm. Um, you know, it will, nothing stays the same and you just have to continue on and just like keep, you know, pushing yourself through, even if it's just keep getting up each day and, you know, making a cup of coffee, sitting down, making a to-do list, which is real mm. simple just keep going and keep making forward progress and that's i think so important in life through everything well claire i've uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and um uh, you might appear on the outside a very crazy lady um, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot of great wisdom in in how you go about things and how you break things down how you reframe um and how you learn from each event and keep going and, and there's lessons there whether you're doing a an, an ultra event through to managing a business or our personal lives uh, it doesn't matter they're all completely transferable and you're doing it in your personal life as well and your own business um so i really enjoyed it thank you for coming on the show today um if people want to connect with you and want to get in touch with you uh what's the best way of, of doing that um i've got a website brutalclare.co.uk so that's a good way or instagram brutalclare that's probably yeah another way Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today, Claire. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.